At Speedway, we've always been here to get you what you need when you need it. We're committed to keeping our stores open, clean, and safe, so you can stay fueled and refreshed all summer long. We've got cold drinks for hot days and frozen drinks for even hotter ones, plus energy boosts, quick bites, and pick-me-ups. We're always on your way, and we're always here for you. So no matter what you need, when you stop by, we'll be ready. Now, any Speedy Freeze up to Mighty Size is just 99 cents. Love Talk Radio. Everybody, you are listening to Voice of the People USA Radio live on blogtalkradio.com slash VOPUSA. We're coming to you live and in person, and we are rocking it from occupied Hazleton, Pennsylvania, the home of the illegal alien loving, I don't even know what you want to call it, just incursion that has happened here, occupied America. An America that's under siege, but still the greatest country in the world, period. I am your host, Dan Smirgel, joined by my friend and co-host, longtime co-host now. You you kind of achieved that goal, Mike. Michael Jacobson. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Glad everyone survived the rapture. <laughs> ah, yes. The end has not come. You're also joined by very special guest co-host today, Melanie Oberg from California. How are you feeling? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for joining us. Everybody that's listening, we have a lot of first-time listeners today. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Voice of the People USA Radio has been going on now for, well, close to a year. We've gone through different transitions, different online radio stations, and then all this other stuff. And finally, we made our own home here at Blog Talk Radio. And we did a lot of shows a lot of opinionated pieces. It was kind of sketchy, 
on and off. I'd schedule it when I could work around schedules and work schedules and all other good stuff. But we took a little bit of a hiatus, which was intense. It needed to happen. And since then, decided that I love this too much. I love what we do. I love just having a free open format with no pre-scripted things to say. We're not going to talk about, you know, topic one, topic two, topic three. We talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about because we're passionate. We're emotional. And people of America are upset. They have things they want to say, things they want to get off their chest. And we invite everybody to please, please, please feel free to call in and be heard. The number for that is 1-714-510-3736. Again, that's 714-510-3736. I will be posting that in the chat room shortly. And again, we invite you all to just be a part of this. Call in, see what's on your mind what you're thinking, what you're feeling, how angry you are, how happy you are. Whatever it is, bring it. We want to hear it. The reason for this show is because there's too many people out there that are being fed lies, they're being fed deceit, deception, as just another way of taking your money, buying in to any type of movement that claims to be for you, for the people, but yet they want something of you. They want money. They want your your soul, basically, to dedicate yourselves to them and only them. And you know what? I'm sorry. I don't buy it. I don't think you do either. You're looking for an avenue for you to be heard and where we could talk about everything and anything because the people of this country are upset. They're pissed off, feel betrayed, feel angry, and you know what? We don't have to just go out there and combat one issue at a time. We are quite capable of tackling everything that's facing this country all at once, because that's what we do. So therefore, this show now marks the relaunch of not only Voice of the People USA Radio, it marks the re well, excuse me, not the relaunch, the birth of the Call to Arms for America initiative. I'll explain what that means in a little bit, but it's a new effort being put out. It's a new way to engage all of you out there to come out, take a stand, be heard, and not go broke while doing it. That is the most important thing. Because all of us that care enough about this country, that are grassroots activists, we're online activists, whatever you want to call it, we all want one thing. We want what's best for the United States of America. And damn it, both parties are betraying us, they're betraying our trust, betraying our love of country. They're using our passion, our outrage for political gain and expediency, and it's time to put that to an end. Will we solve all the world's problems? No. But damn it, we're going to address it, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to go after the problems that do persist, because that's what we do. That, in case anybody who doesn't know, and for our former list that came back today, thank you, as always, for rejoining us, and I'm sorry about the hiatus. Not going to do that again. I, I just want to say to everybody, again, I am somebody who doesn't know how to shut up, and I promise you, I've gotten a little bit better at it. I will be quiet at times and let other people talk. want to announce to everybody, though, that joining us to lead off the second hour is going to be. I, I don't even. Is this, is it fair to call him an internet sensation, Melanie? 
I think so. He's really taken off so quickly. He's exploded because of, because of his words, because of his intelligence, because of his patriotism, because of his love for country, and also because of you helping to get the word out and putting his message out to the American people. Bill will be our special guest leading off the second hour. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be engaging. And we're going to let him say anything he wants to say forever, however long he wants to say it, because that's what this is. With that, I'm throwing back to you, Mike. Take it away. I know you got to have something to say. It's been a while, so I'm going to be quiet. I have, I have quite a bit. But the first thing I've got, this is something that I tried to do some research on, and I tried to get to the root of it, and I figured, Dan, you could actually help me with this one. Could you explain to me the whole, like, people have their priorities? I, in my opinion, people have their priorities mixed up with this, because I've been getting, you know, looking at a lot of these Republican candidates for president, even some of these Democrat ones and independent, and a lot of people keep bringing up Israel. And I know this is probably a sensitive subject to a lot of people, but I do not understand why a lot of people's first priority is Israel, followed by anything else to do with our country. Like, let's take, for example, a person was commenting on Ron Paul the other day. And basically a person said, well, due to his stance on it, I like everything else he's saying, but due to his stance on Israel, I will not vote for him. What is the obsession with Israel? I don't get it. Well, first thing I'm going to do is also, uh, and our other co-host, Andrew Woodring, cannot be with us today. He returns soon. And for the first-time listeners, what we do on this show, we usually have three, sometimes four different co-hosts, and you will hear of opinion. You'll hear a different take on things. But we all are in this for the same reason, because we really love this country. With that said, Mike, as you know, I supported Israel 150%. I absolutely love that nation. And if if need be, I would go there and also defend that nation. The The urgency to support that, that country is simply because, I, I mean... Look at what they've been through. Look at what they've constantly been put through. They've had hardships. They've had terrorism since really their inception. And, I mean, it's just – it's the country that has been ignored, not accepted by the United Nations, basically a joke of the world. And it's a country that has known nothing but having to fight just for their right to be. It's a nation that all the people – are just trying to live their lives to the best of their ability, but yet they have to face condemnation from the U.N., condemnation from the European Union, condemnation from all the terrorist states that all want to blow it up and destroy Israel. It's just a never-ending cycle of just hate and discontent towards Israel. And you know what? I mean, it's not right. It's not fair. I'm all for America taking care of America first and foremost. That is something I've always said. But... I honestly believe that Israel is a nation worth protecting. It's a nation that's trying to do the right thing. I, you know what? I've heard so many differences of opinions. I've heard so many back-and-forth discussions, arguments, debates, and we all know what my opinion is. But actually, this is something, too, Melanie. I want to, I want to get you involved in this because I know you have a lot of strong statements and strong beliefs with this. Why don't you jump in here and also speak to Mike's question? Okay. Um, I think it's you know, I completely agree with you, Dan. It's really important that we support Israel for many reasons. Um, I think the biggest reason is that we are not handing anything over to the Palestinians. So 
you know, what President Obama did in his statements that he made was basically saying that, you know, they're per- America is going to support Palestine over Israel and break, you know, our agreements that we had, uh, you know, for many years with Israel. It is, you know, one of the only places in the Middle East that is actually free. And that's something that, you know, we really need to support that because they are in line with our beliefs as well. We're in, under a complete invasion from uh, radical Islam all over the world. The whole world is on fire right now. And what they're preaching is complete hate. And their reason for wanting to take over Israel is complete hate. They want to completely exterminate every Jewish person. I mean, and, and everybody will speak out against Hitler, but they're not going to speak out against Palestine. And you have to recognize that this is the same thing that is going on. They don't agree with their way of life, and so they think that they should die. They think they have the right to their land. And Israel has the right to defend themselves and to keep those borders the way they are. And I really believe that if we lose that, if Israel, if we don't support them, even just in the emotional um, presence and just saying that we stand with them and we're not um, going to support anybody taking them over, then we're going to lose a lot of freedoms here as well. This is all coming to America. It's here now. It's, we're being invaded as well. And little by little, they're just chipping away at anyone that wants any sort of freedom. And so I, I really have very strong beliefs on that. I was very disgusted with the president's statements. I don't know who he thought he was speaking for, but to say that these were the statements and the beliefs of the American people was completely out of line, completely out of that's line. And that's why everybody was, was so shocked. He made the thing that he's talking for the American people. I personally don't have an opinion one way or the other, but I still don't feel he's got a right to speak, you know, say anything based off of that in any way, shape, or form represents me. I didn't understand why he's trying to set a policy, you know, basically a national policy, and say this is what we believe, disbelieve. I mean, I'm personally more for keeping a hands-off approach, but I don't like the idea of having the president go out and making it seem like, you know, this is how we all feel about it, when it's in fact not true. And uh, that, that's exactly where I was going with this. I'm glad you brought up the whole President Obama thing because I just I don't understand how, as a president, he can make a statement like that to begin with. And yeah, go, as far as I understood, it does go against our complete policy that we've had in the past couple of years, if I'm not mistaken on that, right? Right. All yeah, right. I mean, we had an agreement that said that you know we were uh, never going to support going back to those 1967 lines that we wouldn't support that, and it just doesn't even make sense anyway. You know, that's just something that, um, that you know, um, cannot happen, will not happen. And I was very um, proud to hear um, somebody stand up to our president. And, you know, when Prime Minister Nanahu, um he was so eloquent and soft-spoken, but made such a strong statement at the same time, saying that, you know, uh, I don't agree with you, this is not going to happen. And I really feel like he put him in his place. You know, mm-hmm. that uh, he had no right to do that. And, uh, you know, I haven't heard many Americans that supported President Obama's um, stance on this at all. You know, I mean, everybody was just outraged. And it's this, you know, same example of what he keeps doing over and over again. You know, he is handing everything over to everyone else in his statements and his opinions and his alignment with Muslims. And there's a lot of differences of opinion on President Obama if he's Muslim, if he's not. 
I don't know. I don't care in that sense. It doesn't really matter to me. What matters is his behavior, and his behavior is not in line with the American people and more in line with um, being a world leader and, you know, trying to be a world, you know, peacemaker. And it's not working. I mean, he's just upset everyone everywhere. But um, he's not standing up for America first. And so when he makes these concessions to Islam, he's not standing up for America. When he made, uh, when, when uh, Osama bin Laden was captured and killed and he made that statement, I was in tears listening to him thinking, what are my friends thinking in New York, those 9-11 families, when he's standing up there saying we are not at war with Islam? Because Islam is at war with us. And for him to, to, to say that was just downright disgusting in the whole way that, you know, that that was handled, you know, um, was just completely wrong, you know, in my opinion. I totally agree. And now, before we get into this a little bit further, I did check on the chat room, and I've seen some people having a hard time hearing me. So i got to ask, can people hear me right now, or am I speaking up pretty bad? You break up every now and again. I mean, I get yeah, most of what you're saying. You're breaking up to me, too, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you got to love using a Skype call-in and a laptop with, you know, the, the little wireless card. All right. <laughs> I'm going to do something now that's a little unprofessional, but, hey, this is grassroots all the way. I'm going to actually hang up and call in via my phone. So will everybody please stick with us? I'm asking you that as a favor. I don't like doing this, but I also want a chance to, you know, do this show right and be heard. So, everybody on, would you mind calling back at one second in case you do get the boot? I don't know if you will or not, but just be safe. Sure. You got it. I'll, I'll hang up and I'll call right back in. All right, everybody, please. This I don't usually do this. Just bear <laughs> this with me. This is a high-budget production right here, folks. That's right. We don't have millions, I'll tell you that. So I will All right, I'll call right back in. Okay, we will all turn. <laughs> Hang on, people. Hang on. Don't go anywhere. Chat room, don't leave. We'll be right there. I asked you, everybody, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Okay, so we're we're good, and, and everybody can hear me better. <laughs> yeah, I think you're definitely coming in better now. Yeah, much better. Okay. I, I'm actually calling in on the guest line because, Vlog Talk, if I would have hung up, I wouldn't have been able to call back in. So I am still on Skype, but that's muted. I'm called in. Things just sound so much better. Outstanding. (laughs) Everybody, thank you for your patience. I appreciate it. All right. Now, back to where we were just at there with Israel. Okay. I I also got to commend, just like you said, Melanie, I think what Netanyahu did was fantastic. I loved it. And it was about time somebody stood up to him and said what needed to be said. And it's just, it's a matter of, Right from wrong. I mean, if we want to be the station that is 
leading the world in democracy and showing everybody how great democracy can be, then why not support the one nation that's out there that has been fighting for it since day one, that has had to go through hell just to survive and be a nation? That's just my opinion. I, You know, it's, it's the right thing to do. Does that make sense? I think I can follow that. All right. Now, Mike, of course, you know, (laughs) uh, I got to say this, and I know a lot of people may not like this, and I I don't know. I really don't know. That's all on everybody here. But I know you spoke to Ron about Ron Paul, and honestly, I got to say, I wish he would just shut the hell up already. And you know what? I am so sick and tired of hearing him proclaim liberty, 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 but the things he's saying just are so, I I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. So does he support radical Islam or doesn't he? Does he blame us for 9-11, like he said, or doesn't he? He was against illegal immigration, wanted to secure our country's borders. Now he's for illegal. He's for amnesty. This man is one of the worst flip-floppers I've ever seen. He says that he's always stayed on track with his message of liberty, but where is that? Where is that consistency? Where is that just that common sense? I mean, is he senile? I don't know. I just don't know. I, the things Ron Paul said years ago about the IRS, the, you know, the, the Fed, ending the Fed, that obviously I agree with that. I agree with a real checks and balance system. I agree with ending the IRS, instituting a fair tax, but that's where we ended. That's where we no longer have anything else in common. I interviewed, I, I told you this, it's on YouTube. I interviewed Ron Paul. You know, I sat down and talked with the man. Nice guy. But at the same time, I still couldn't make out just what it is he actually stands for, what he actually believes. I don't know. So I I just don't I don't get it. Mike, I mean, go ahead and maybe you can explain it to me. I I don't know. I I'm not well, trying to there's a lot of the last part you said about uh being for illegal immigration. I haven't ever state any any cases where he's actually said he's for illegal immigration. I mean, as far as I've been following him. John Stossel show, John Stossel show a couple weeks back. It was a Thursday show. It's online. And basically he said that he supports the comprehensive immigration reform package. Go ahead. Okay, that's something I will have to look into because if if he is actually changing on immigration, it's going to make me think a bit more about whether or not I would be a Ron Paul supporter. I mean, currently I still consider myself to be one. But uh, basically, the thing with Ron Paul is that he kind of feels that the government really has mutated into something that it really shouldn't have been. I mean, there's been a lot of accusations, like um, you're saying things like, you know, he sounds like he's for stuff. Well, let's take 9-11, for example, because he did make a statement that pissed off a lot of people, where he he did flat out say that America was responsible for 9-11. He didn't quite mean it in the literal sense, even though I don't see how anyone could not take it for what it, what that sounds like. Basically, what he was saying is that, you know, the CIA has its hands in a lot of foreign governments. They, they've uh, set up, like, foreign dictators. 
Uh, Saddam Hussein is a perfect example of somebody who the CIA put into power. Um, they've supported the murder of political figureheads in different countries. And basically, the CIA has done stuff abroad that has that flat out makes a lot of people in other countries hate us. They do things that are flat out illegal. That if they did in this country, every one, single one of them would be thrown in jail. And the fact is, is that in the Middle East, they have done a lot of these very, very, very shady things that have gotten a lot of people pissed off. So what he was saying by America's causes is actually the CIA has provoked enough outrage abroad that people have made America a target because the CIA runs rampant outside of the United States. And it's one of the things that, you know, it, it kind of makes me worry because, you know, you hear about how we're not supposed to go to these countries because they hate us. How much of it is because of things that we've done in their country that if we did at home would be considered illegal? Not that I support anyone attacking our country, mind you, but, I mean, let's say someone had done something like, let's say George Bush was assassinated by a foreign political, you know, intelligence thing. What would we do? We'd go right after him. That's basically what the CIA does in other countries. Well, Melody, you want to weigh in? Yes, I do. Um, well, I want to go back first to, to Ron Paul. And, um, mm-hmm. you, know, what, you know, when I saw him interviewed on Hannity, I was, I was uh, pretty upset about the statements that he made, you know, in regards to 9-11, but um, specifically to the fact that he's recognizing Islam as a religion. He doesn't get what Islam is about, and he's also pro-ground zero mosque. And that's my number yeah. one um, beef with with everything. It's, just, it's how I got into all of this in the first place. And I won't support anybody that's programs your mosque. Um, but what you have to understand, I mean, while the U.S. might have done things to uh, infuriate people in other countries and maybe we didn't have any business doing some of the things that we've done, um, that doesn't give them the right to, in their minds, even retaliate against us. But I really feel like it's a bigger picture with Islam. I don't think that it's just retaliation. It's what their ultimate goal of world domination is. And, you know, that was what was behind 9-11. You know, that, if you read the Muslim Brotherhood, you know, and the way that they have outlined exactly how they're going to dominate, you know, the entire world, that they believe that anyone that is a non-believer, that anybody who is the infidel, a non-Muslim, is bad. What Americans don't get with this is if you look at Islam through, if you look at Islam as a religion, and you look at it through the eyes of how we view religions other than ours, and we just disagree with them, you're not going to understand it. And if you look at the way that Americans view good versus evil, there's a few bad people, there's a few bad eggs and everything, you're not going to understand it. These people have been brainwashed to believe that in order to get to paradise, to get to Allah, to get to the ultimate goal, they have to love that more than they love their life. They love death, we love life. So if you understand it in that way, that their goal with, you know, all 19 hijackers, all the people that supported them in um, helping them, you know, uh, pull off 9-11 with bin Laden, with everyone, that they were doing something good, you know, they were doing something 
to to show to show the world that what freedom is is bad and to take that freedom away from us so you know in in, in that's kind of where you know I stand with that in, in you know like I said it may it may be that they feel that we don't have any business being, you know, in their affairs. You know, and in some ways that we don't. But the bigger picture is that they want Sharia law. They want Islam everywhere. And that is what they're doing in all these different ways of violent and stealth jihad. Radical transformation. Now, just just so there is no blurring the lines here. Mike, you are not outnumbered, I swear. You know, I respect the hell out of you in this. It's okay. Sometimes I gotta take the unpopular stance. I, I know you're you're the heel, but I, <laughs> but you're still <laughs> a damn good American. But I I just wanted to be perfectly clear to everybody that may not know me. I'm a believer that well, I, I just believe in American exceptionalism. I think we're the best, and screw the rest. I really don't care. And if you attack this country, we should destroy you and leave, not rebuild you, not you know build your economy, build this, build that. We should destroy you and leave. That should be the price of attacking this country for waging a jihad, a war, crusade, whatever you want to call it, against this country, anyone, any enemy of America, we should just simply destroy and leave. That is my opinion. And God bless all our men and women in the armed forces. And they're always in my prayers. They're the true heroes of this country and all our veterans of the serve. I mean, it's just, it's common sense. I believe this country should take care of itself and should take care of the ones that are truly showing that they want better, that they are fighting for real change. Now, look at Libya. I mean, you've heard all this back and forth about Libya, 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 and you know what? Some of the people that we're actually supporting in Libya were the same people that just two, three years earlier were in Iraq shooting at us. So it's just, it seems like uh, just the lines are blurred somewhere, you know? And I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand. You get these third world countries overthrowing their government, and Obama seems to, I don't know, pick and choose where he wants to engage or not engage. We're not going to help Egypt, but we're going to help Libya. I mean, where's the sense of that? That's just, there, there you know, is and, none. And people in Egypt. Then people in Egypt are saying, well, weren't we good enough? Why didn't you help us? Haven't we been an ally? You know, it's just common sense. And just like going back to the Osama thing, and we will get into that in greater detail, I promise you, um, I've got to say that, you know, Schmuckface, the president, going out there and, and talking about how they work so closely with Pakistan, and Pakistan is our friend, and Pakistan, screw Pakistan. They harbor, aided in the bed of this piece of sh- trash, and they helped keep him alive. They survived him. They gave him all he could ever want, hit him out for a long time, and I, I know it was all just an, an elusive, it was, all, it was all planned, right? Pakistan is not a friend of this country. It is not a friend to peace and security, it is an enemy of this country. Why the hell aren't we supporting India, who, wants, who always has to face the terrorist attacks from Pakistan and all the little, you know, well, all right, I'm, I'm jumping around here, sorry. Um, Pakistan, you have all these little fringe elements from Pakistan 
that go and commit terrorist acts abroad. <coughs> and the quick and easy thing to say is, well, it wasn't the Pakistan government. It was a fringe element. It was a fringe element. You know what? Start eliminating those fringe elements rather than helping them. Rather than it, – it, it just it strikes me as odd that when a terrorist group, not a man-caused disaster group, a terrorist group from a country goes and strikes another country in a terrorist attack, and Pakistan denies any involvement, any knowledge, and says it was a radical fringe. But it always just so happens that these groups are attacking things that are strategic and beneficiary to Pakistan. I mean, it's just common sense. These bastards are not to be trusted. They are not our friends. It just it blows my mind how... Obama wants us to just be mindless drones. And there's enough people out there that actually support this idiot still. Still believe in what he has to say. I mean, I watched that speech when he announced the, you know, Osama bin Laden being killed. And it disgusted me. I, me, 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 I, I. What about the Navy SEALs? What about the military intelligence? What about all the armed forces that have been putting their lives in the line every single day? No. It was all Obama. He did it himself. Screw you. Screw your, your early re-election campaign slogan, okay? You're not a hero. And then the burial at sea thing. i got to touch on that to respect the, the culture of, of Islam with a proper burial at sea. You know what? They should have taken his ass, brought his body to America, encased it in glass, put it in the ground on the entrance to the Freedom Tower. Oh, sorry, Wall Trade One. Sorry, Obama. So that way people entering the building can walk over his ass every single time they go in. Or they should have hung him from the Empire. Why are we burying him at sea? Why? Why can't we see the pictures? Why? Some of us, especially people like myself and thousands of others who've lost family on 9-11, maybe we would have liked to see that. Maybe we would have felt a little, a, a little justification, just a little bit better. Now, yeah, people think that, when I say people, I mean liberals with their heads so far up, you know what, they don't even know what they're saying. They can't even remember their own lies. But telling us that, you know, we're not at war like you say with Islam, we're not at war with this. Osama bin Laden was one person, one person. The terrorist network of the world is <laughs> is very vast, very out there. And really, do you think they cared about bin Laden getting, getting killed, getting his? No. They continue their crusade against America because they hate us. They hate what we stand for. They hate what we're about. And we should not have any elected leader or any candidate in this country bowing down and laying down the resentment or, you know, just, just putting everything aside and saying, well, you're good people, you're just misunderstood, and maybe we're to blame. Screw you. I don't care who's to blame. Simply put, you attack this country, you get what you deserve. We should not be catering to these American-hating scumbags that wish nothing but the worst on us every second of every day. That makes me wrong. If that makes me sound radical, then so be it. I don't want to be their friends. I don't want to be their allies. I want them eliminated. I want them removed 
from the damn map. Maybe that makes me sound wrong, but so be it. I'm done. I'll let other people speak now. Sorry. <laughs> well, one one thing I wanted to mention is, you know, in talking about um, with Palestine and Israel, Palestine, the Palestinians were dancing in the streets and passing out candy on 9-11. That's right. Okay, they were celebrating the death of Americans, and then for, you know, President Obama to then support Palestine, you know, what kind of message does that send? I mean, to me, that that, that is the same as him celebrating 9-11. Exactly. Mike? Go ahead. Uh, personally, if it was me, I would just pretty much seal our borders and keep our country out of everything. This way we don't have to worry about dealing with other people's stupid crap like this, you know? It's you know, if that makes me an isolationist, then so be it. But I, I just rather we didn't meddle with other foreign affairs. This way, we can concentrate more on what our own problems are. You know, as far well, as other countries' problems, that's great. I mean, I, I feel that you know, I understand countries have problems and stuff. Let them tend to their own business. Let us tend to ours because not in the great shape itself. I'd rather we took care of us first and worried about everything else later. That's and whoever my take helps on it. us, uh, whoever helps America. Nobody, so why should we be out helping other people first, you know? I agree. I'm sorry. I don't give a damn about Libya. I don't even give a damn about Egypt. You know what? Settle your own crap. And that's just the way that it is. And obviously, you know I agree with you, you know, wholeheartedly. And I've been called, among many other things, an isolationist as well. Bring all our troops home and secure and arm our borders, bottom line. Protect our waterways and really go back to reclaiming independence. That's something I'd like to see. Telling the UN to get the hell out of this country and screw their their international immunity or diplomatic immunity. Get out. Repealing NAFTA. Telling NATO to go scratch because they've done nothing for us. This is what America should do. And I saw in the chat room, New World Order. I thought it was posted. You know what? Couldn't be couldn't be more dead on there. This is a, nothing more but a build. And in the past shows, to all new listeners, we've spoken not in great depth, but a little bit about Agenda 21 and the one world government and the one world order. You know what? And it's just hard to deny its existence when it's happening. It's taking place right in front of you, and some people are still blind to it. They're still out there having, you know, having rallies against Obamacare. I mean, folks, there's a lot of things wrong, and I support anybody, anybody who is out there taking a stand for something. But seriously, there are so many issues, big issues at play here, things happening right underneath our noses that we really have to start addressing and really have to start focusing on because we're letting it slide. The two parties are getting a pass. I'm sick and tired. Also, I am, this is a cough break, sorry, so thick, I am a registered Republican, have been since I was able to. My belief in the Republican Party is zero. They are crap. The Democrats are crap. They put on a show in front of the TV cameras that they're all at each other's throats, but behind the scenes, they're one in the same, one evil entity that wants to control and persuade. You look at Ryan's budget plan that he put out there, you know, the, the big vote in the House for the for the budget, the budget, the budget, how great it was, and Republicans, you know, laying out alternatives to this and alternatives to that. Well, in that budget plan, also cut 
how much money for national defense spending, how much money on border security. So you're sacrificing national security because you want to make a political brownie point and say that, well, our budget's better than Obama's budget. We're against Obamacare, but yet we voted to support the funding for it. I mean, come on. Wake up. Wake up. Realize that we're being lied to and screwed over by all the special interests, by all the political entities, and we really don't have a voice to dissent. We don't have anybody out there really saying anything different. We have Ron Paul, who talks like a freaking madman, but that's about it. I mean, and hope for 2012. Who do Republicans have right now? Newt Gingrich? What a hero. Maybe somebody should tell him it's not 1994 anymore to get over it. And if you think the Democrats would exploit his little personal endeavors and use it, and use your money, really. Everybody who donates to these parties will use your money to make the commercials doing the mudslinging and the dirty campaigns and everything else. There's going to be another embarrassment, another reason why the rest of the world looks at American politics and laughs. Because we spend so much time, money, and energy focusing on re-election and then attacking people each first within our own parties and then the other party that none of the real issues are getting addressed. Pollsters and campaign staff tell these people what to say. They're the puppets. You want to talk to a special interest group that matters, talk to the people. Talk to the American people every day that are getting screwed over, that are suffering, that are struggling, that know better than anybody in D.C. what's actually going on in this nation. They have their heads so far off their ass, they don't give a damn about anything we are dealing. They just want to say the right thing but deliver nothing. Nothing. Seriously? We're in a pretty sad state. We really, truly are. I saw Herman Cain announce that he's, uh, he's going to do a presidential bid. I don't know a lot about Herman Cain, so I'm not going to speak into his background. I'm not going to speak into anything yet. Next show, I will. For what I've seen of him, I like. But I've also heard some, from some altering points or, you know, condescending points, whatever you want to call it, you know, differences of opinion, if you will, that could concern me. But I'll research that my own for my own opinion. I don't listen to others. And then we have people, and this is something out of the whole wonderful election of 2010 where Republicans took back the House. Haven't they done a fantastic job, people? Haven't they just really saved us all from the hell that we face every day? No, they suck. They absolutely suck. Big money, career politician, millionaire, spoon-fed, silver spoon bread, whatever you want to call it, fake, that are just saying what you want to hear to get the vote and are already sending out their emails for the election. When didn't they just get into office? Maybe shouldn't you try to do something that actually matters and helps the American people? They don't because they don't care. Now, there's an exception to all this, and there's not many. There really isn't many in the, in the House of Representatives, anyway. But I look at somebody like Alan West. Now, my personal point of view, I don't know, you know, maybe there's other differences of opinion out there, too. But I look at Alan West as being one of those rare finds, a true American that served this country, fought for this country, and actually cares more about all of us than he does politics as usual. That man, to me, looks like somebody that, well, I would vote for. I don't know if he's running for president. I know people are trying to get him to run, but there's one of your exceptions from the House of Representatives as it is right now. So we have a couple good ones, but the overwhelming majority on both sides are screwing us over 
every single day. You know, and uh, it makes you wonder. It just really makes you wonder, like, when is it going to end? When is it going to stop? When are, your, when are people going to wake up and say, I'm tired of constantly getting raped, of constantly getting abused, of getting used, of getting trashed on all the time? Take a stand for something. I'm going to make this quick little statement, and then I'll move on to you guys. I'm sorry. But I've said this before, and I'll say this again to our new audience. As far as the Tea Party goes, I support every Tea Party activist out there. God bless you all, and thank you for taking a stand for this country. I'm somebody, started my group in 2007. We're coming up on our fifth year. We've held over 300 rallies. We've been in the grassroots forever. And Mike's a part of that. Melanie, you do all your stuff out on the other side of the country that affects the whole country. I mean, we're surrounded by people that are true blue activists that are actually taking a stand because they believe in what's right and what's appropriate and believe in this country wholeheartedly that you put everything aside. You sacrifice your time, your energy, and your life to go out there and stand up for something. With that being said, the Tea Party elite, Freedom Works, who's run by Dick Army, who is a scumbag, who supports illegal immigration, who supports radical transformation of this country in ways that you cannot possibly imagine. There's enough reports out there. I ask you all to do the research. He's a hack. Tea Party Express. All these individuals, you know, all I see from them every single week, sometimes every single day, including the campaign to defeat Barack Obama. They were most recent because they had their big radio telephone. We need to raise 500000 the week before we raised a million, the week before we raised 500000 the week before we raised a million. Okay, so you're getting money to defeat Barack Obama. Great, I want him gone. But what is your end goal? Who are you supporting? What are you doing? All I see is you saying, give us your money. Give us your money to protest the government taking your money. I say that every show, everywhere I go, there's something wrong. How come nobody questions that? How come our freedoms are free? We don't have to pay for the right to peacefully assemble. We don't have to pay for the right of freedom of speech. That has been paid for with sacrifice and bravery from our heroes. So tell me why we have to pay in to anyone who's supposedly taking a stand for us that includes their high-priced speakers and big-name TV personalities that come and speak at an event but get $100,000 to do so. If you care about the issues facing this country, if you care about the people the way you say you do, you're already rich. You don't need to take people's money. It's just wrong, and it's hypocrisy at its finest. It's my belief that there has to be a new way. There has to be people saying, you know what, no, no. And again, I'm not anti-Tea Party. I'm anti-anyone who tries to control, that tries to control the people that are taking to the streets, the people that are taking a stand. You do not control a movement of the people, by the people, and you never will. I've seen emails go out from Tea Party Patriots and also Americans with Prosperity, which is this, and you know, Freedom Works and all the rest of them saying that the Republicans have lied to us. Not all, but the Republicans have lied to us 
So now we need your money to run effective campaigns to challenge these sitting Congress people or senators in the primary to defeat them to represent your best interests. So give us your money. Didn't we just give you money? I didn't. But didn't we just give you millions and millions and millions of dollars to elect a whole new House of Representatives? Did I miss that? Weren't they the ones saying we need a million this week and a million next week to run our TV commercials? So we should just put our blind faith and trust in you again when apparently you don't know how to vet somebody in the first place? You see, I say this because I'm not trying to be argumentative. I'm trying to lay out something that's just common sense to everybody, that we're being screwed. And 99% of the people out there that say they're here to help, like Ronald Reagan said, it's almost like the government saying it, they're not there for you. They're there for TV time. They're there for a good payday. That's all they care about. That's all they're concerned about. With that, I want to thank everybody again for tuning in. I'm going to breathe now and turn it over to Melody and Mike because uh, I need to take a drink. My Coca-Cola is cold and ready to go. But I want to remind everybody <laughs> that coming up in 10 minutes, my God, I talk too much. Coming up in 10 minutes will be Wild Bill. He will be joining us. And I, I am positive that his commentaries are going to be outstanding. I look forward to it. I've never actually gotten to speak to him myself, so it's the first time for me. So thank you all again for tuning into this show. I really hope that you'll stick with us and continue to be a part of these shows upcoming. It means a lot to me, to Mike, to Andy, to everybody. So thank you. Mike and Melanie, take it away. Melanie, I'll let you go first if you got anything to say. Of course I have something to say. I, You know, I want to talk right. about Alan West for a second. Um, one of the things that I respect about him the most is that he's saying he doesn't have enough experience to run. And uh, while I would love nothing more, and I, I disagree with him on that, than to see him run, I think he's the only person, the only shot at any hope we have of uh, saving this country. Um, I really respect the fact that he's going out and saying that he wants to do his job that he was elected for first. He takes that seriously. And I have heard him say the same thing, that, you know, it's not about constant campaigning. He was elected to do a job, and he wants to do his job, and he wants to prove to the people that he's qualified before, you know, he takes a chance to run for president. And I uh, I just think that that, that speaks to what we need so much, someone like that, that knows that he was elected to do a job, let him do it first, let him prove himself, and... I hope that he gets, as I know he said he wants to get through some, you know, legislation um, so he has something to, uh, to to show the people what he's done uh, before he runs. So hopefully hopefully he will maybe get some of that through, you know, in time to run for 2012, because I honestly believe by 2016 it's going to be too late. I mean, if, if, God forbid, Obama is elected again or, you know, whoever else, we don't have anyone. I, I can't think of anyone that I really, um, you know, at this point feel confident in supporting. And I know that no one's going to be, you know, 100%, you know, on any issue, and it's all politics and, like you were saying, money and campaigning and TV time. Um, but you don't get that feeling with him, you know. I, I saw something the other day that was uh, that said Alan West is our George Washington. And, you know, Alan West, when you listen to him speak, I never can get enough of him. I listen to him, and he makes me proud to be an American. And I love the fact that he never talks about his race. He's American, and any time that you see 
uh, him being interviewed, and they try to go there. They try to, you know, talk about him, uh, you know, being um, a black American or African American or something. He always will redirect himself back to he's just an American, and that's what we need because we've really gone backwards, you know, in my opinion, with with uh, uh, the race card, you know, being played all the time, and he will always pull that out of the conversation. I have so much respect for that. I mean, he's just the kind of person that could really um, pull us out of this poor, poor direction that our, our country is going in. And for me, the number one thing that I'm looking for in a candidate is that they understand the threat of Islam. And he, better than anyone, understands and addresses and will say you have to identify the enemy. And right now, that is our enemy, is Islam. That, to me, is just pretty much the core of all of our problems that are going on. Um, if we don't look out, we're going to end up just like uh, the U.K. soon. And I, I don't know how many more years we have before before we end up you know, in that same situation because we're already making so many concessions now. And somebody like Alan West is going to stand up and say no. No, this is not okay. No, you if you want to be here, you need to assimilate with, you know, the United States of America or leave. And he I love that he's not afraid to say those things and to put that out there. You know, he's just one really amazing person. I you know, I I've, I've heard a bit about Alan West and what I've heard, I mean, granted I haven't heard much yet, but uh I like the guy. I and mean, from what he said, from what I've heard about him, I really can't say anything negative about him. Um, he's actually one of the people that I am going to have to read up more on and, uh, you know, kind of come up with more opinions about him. But, uh, you know, it, it's true. Yeah, We do actually need people that are more interested in being an American than anything else. And you're right, you know, they make – I think too many people make issues of race and things like that. And the fact is we're all Americans, folks. And, uh, you know, rather than trying to divide us, it's great that there's actually someone that is trying to – remind us of the fact that we're Americans. We're, we're not African-Americans. We're not, you know, we have Mexican-Americans. We have Norwegian-Americans, whatever. We're Americans, folks. And, uh, you know, if, there, if that's the way this guy is, then, you know, I think a lot of people should be spending more time to him. I'd like to, before, because I, I know we've got a uh, Wild Bill coming on shortly, kind of backtrack on what Dan was saying a little bit earlier about um, a lot of the freedoms that we have are being eroded. Uh, a while ago, we talked a bit about uh, things like airport scanners, stuff like that. Little things that you might not think really mean a whole heck of a lot to uh, to our personal freedoms. But the fact is, folks, that you know we lose these things bit by bit, and the more that more of our freedoms that we give up, the the more that they're going to take. I mean, it's you know, you've all heard the, the say, saying, "Give an inch, take they give an inch, they take a mile." That's exactly what's going to happen. Except we're giving an inch of our freedom, and they're taking a mile of it, and our government, our politicians are allowing it to happen. You can say, oh, well, we had this. How could this be? These things happen because they want them to. If you think that's something that is really out of whack, that our government is doing, the reason is, is because the people in power want it to be that way. The politicians are supposed to represent us. If we don't want something, we should not have it. If we don't want body scanners, if we don't want people groping us down, we should not have it. However, these people consider themselves a, a different class of person than the regular person like me, Dan, or anyone else out there listening. They consider themselves separate from it, so they can make us do what they want rather than they're supposed to be doing what we want them to. And that's where America's really gone awry. And I hope this time around in 2012, you know, we at least vote in the people that actually care more about America and Americans 
than they do about being a politician, about being a member of a ruling elite, about more than just getting a paycheck or their TV time. I really hope that we can get that turned around. And you've heard me say it before. I mean, there's a few Republicans that I really hope, you know, get into office. But if you really want some change, get some independence in there, folks. You need a different voice. If you don't put something different in, you're only going to get the same result. And uh, that's pretty much yeah. all we've got for this, because I think we're about to switch over, aren't we? We're coming up soon once he calls in, but i I got to go back to that, what you just said to your last point, and Melanie, great job as always, and Mike, very well said. And uh, i got to say, I'm more calm now, but as <laughs> as far as as far as the candidates go, you know, and people running, give me somebody who knows what it is to work two, three, four jobs just to survive. Maybe they make 32000 a year. Maybe they make $25,000 a year. That knows what it is to struggle and knows what it is to fight for your way of life, to fight for your family, to just try to do anything to survive. Give me somebody like that compared to the pampered, bred, millionaire, doctor, lawyer, scumbags that we have constantly running for office, I will vote for that person who works the three or four jobs in an instant, as long as they say the right thing, independent thinker here. Also, our military heroes. Again, like Alan West, I, I'm not going to stop speaking highly of him, but another example of somebody who, yeah, maybe he has a decent living now, but he worked for it. He sacrificed for it. He paid the price for this country. He is a proud service member, a proud American. Give me people like that rather than, well, I went to Harvard. I went to Yale. I'm better than you, but I'm going to act like I'm on your level just until I get into office. Go to hell, all of them. Sorry. I just don't have faith in it. That's just me. But, again, what do I know? Uh, I'm just a regular person speaking, you know? But, uh... (laughs) Wouldn't it be wonderful? I think okay. that one of the requirements for being president should be that you should have had to serve our military. You know, if you needed to, uh, you know, spend some time in the armed forces, that should be part of my criteria. I really um, yep. think uh, having a president that, you know, he doesn't seem to understand anything about that. And, you, you know, you look at all the great things that um, that our servicemen are taught and that they're willing to do anything for their country. And now we have a leader who's never served our military and doesn't give a crap about our country. I mean, it just shows that um, that really should be a requirement. See, now I'd have to argue that just because that would lead the door to mandatory. At some point, I could see this coming out leading to the door of mandatory enlistment in the military for everyone's kids at some point. That's something Uh, I really don't like the idea of. I, well, that I, would be only if they, you know, not if they weren't going to run. And I, I would never, you know, support mandatory anything. I mean, that's, you know, exactly. I, I, I would just check out the option you know, to be open for I mean, just, a regular person to be able to do it also. I mean, I think it's a worthwhile, like, you know, maybe not requirement, but, a pre, you know, something for people to consider. I think everyone should consider that if your president has served in the armed forces, he's going to know a hell of a lot more about what's going on militarily than a person who has it. I think it's something that people should strongly keep in mind, but do I think it would be a mandated thing? No, I, I, I can't agree with that. But he's making, well, you know, the president has to make so many decisions about um, so many things to 
they have to be able to understand the military, and that's what I feel like um, our president doesn't seem to understand the military at all, or, you know, I'm sorry, what? I said our president doesn't understand a lot of things. No, he doesn't understand. But, you know, we've got our our military, we've got our female soldiers wearing, you know, hijabs and headscarves, you know, so they don't offend the people we're at war with. I mean, we need somebody that's going to be a leader that's going to understand why that's just flat out wrong, that that we're not trying to make friends with everybody. We're in a war, you know, and he just doesn't seem to get that. And the leader of our country needs to understand, you know, what war is and why we're there, you know, not we're trying to be these people that um, are, are going out to be peacemakers. I mean, and not that everything has to be a war, but if we're in war, we need to behave like we're in war, you know. Let them have I guns. I agree with that, you know, don't go around apologizing for us. I mean, General Petraeus was out there apologizing for Terry Jones, something for him exercising his right to free speech. And he's apologizing to the people we're at war with, you know, and that goes right down to our leadership of our country. And he's following our president and his example. And i got to say this. This is a shout-out to everybody in the chat room. I have been paying attention and looking, and thank you, everybody. And, of course, welcome. And I'll do a shout-out to to a long-time listener and a friend, Miss Connie Williams. Sorry, Mrs. Connie Williams. She is taken. And her husband. And i got to say this as well. Something that she posted, and for those who don't know, this group, Voice of the People USA, started out in Hazleton opposing the illegal alien invasion of this country, calling for immigration enforcement. And bottom line, I want a leader that recognizes that the threat is already here. It's in the 40s of millions of illegals in this country, and something should be done. Employers that hire them should be charged with harboring, aiding, and abetting an act of treason. Landlords that rent to them, harboring, aiding, and abetting an act of treason. Start shutting down these people, arresting these people, charging these people, then you set a precedent. And if you are out there and you have your May Day marches and you have your rallies saying illegal and proud, round them up, send them the hell back home, and start doing a gut check of all our benefits that are being wasted on illegals because they no speak English. You know what? I don't care. Assimilate, be an American, or don't come here. Every illegal in this country is an insult to every legal immigrant that has come here and given to America, that has made America the greatest country in the world. They insult their own people. They insult this country. They have no regard for the rule of law. And right now, the Department of Justice is an absolute disgrace for suing a state, for enforcing federal law, because the federal government is failing to do so. To hell with them. To hell with anybody who agrees with that sentiment. To hell with anybody who agrees that illegals are just misunderstood and deserve to be treated fairly and equally. No. As said in 1907, we speak one language, we fly one flag, and we live in but one country. This is America. Come here the right way. If not, go the hell back home. I'm not talking just from South America. I'm talking from every country in the world. You come here illegally. I have no sympathy. I have no care for you. I want you gone because you're criminals upon illegal entry. Bottom line. Anybody who doesn't think securing our borders and securing our waterways is important scares the hell out of me. 
because that is an incursion. And it's an incursion in this country, and it has <laughs> it shows that national security isn't really what they care about. So therefore, screw them all. That's all I got to say about that. So securing this country should be the number one priority. That's first and foremost. How can we fix the problems? We're not doing anything to prevent the problems from coming here, from bringing exactly. the drugs, the crime, everything here. You have it so bad in your country, fix your own country. I don't care about your country. I don't care uh, to think what we could do to make your lives easier. I care about what we could do to make our country better, to actually fix the problems here first. And if you want to be an American, be an American, not an American and something else. Sorry. I'm done. I think that's a big misconception of Americans is that people want to immigrate here for a better life. And that's not what's going on. They're immigrating here to bring their life here and take advantage of us because they know that we're stupid enough to give them, you know, whatever. They're going to come here and use, you know, all of our our benefits, our services. I mean, if you've been to the emergency room lately, you know, I took my son there over the weekend because he was really, really sick. And I took him there, and um, what they're doing, have all the, you know, illegal, undocumented, whatever people want to call them, that come there for their prescriptions because they don't, they are criminals, and they're taking away the services. My son had 104 fever, okay, but i got to wait through the people that are there because they don't have a doctor because they're here illegally, and that's how they go and they get their prescriptions filled. And they come in with the whole family. And the last time that I went there, I turned around and left. And I was there for myself, and I was very sick, and I couldn't even find a seat because they come in and they bring their entire family. And they just accept it here. It's like, well, this is just how it is. They can't turn them away. Why not? Why can't they turn them away? It's just disgusting when an American citizen has to sit there and suffer for somebody that, you know, comes here illegally. And it seems like the people that are here illegally get preferential treatment over the person that's spent their whole lives here worked their ass off, put their money into the economy, paid their taxes, I mean, you got to sit there and wait. That's not right. That, it's disgusting. It, it, it's beyond comprehension how things could have possibly gotten this bad. And it, this is the whole thing that me and Dan, we've been raving about this for years now, is that these people, you know, they, they, the, we need politicians that are going to take care of this, not ignore the problem, not try and put some damn Band-Aid on it by doing blanket amnesty. These people need to be gone. We need to worry about our own citizens first. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> just hearing your story just set me off there. I apologize for that. <laughs> no, you're fine. I was you're just all, as upset. You know, it's you're it's, all right. It's, and it seems you know people say it's inhumane and it, you know it's not right, but it's not getting any better. And it's pushing the hardworking Americans. Where we're all, you know looking at what we're doing and going, wait a minute, you know. Why are they? Where, where's the the end line for these people? I mean, why why wouldn't you come here? You know that you're not going to get stopped. You know you're not going to get in trouble. You know that you know you're going to be you know protected. I mean, when uh, Meg Whitman uh, ran for for uh, governor here in California, and I wasn't a huge Meg Whitman fan, but one thing um, that she did, she had a housekeeper that she, when she found out that she had been screwed over by this woman who had given her illegal paperwork. She fired her. And what happened? The people 
looked at her like she was the one that had done something wrong for firing this woman, this poor housekeeper that had been, you know, on these insanely low wages of $22 an hour. And Meg Whitman was, look, you know, frowned upon. Okay, I would be a housekeeper for $22 an hour, okay? And here she had, you know, worked for her and done this stuff. And then, and, and you've got, uh, what's her face, Gloria, um, all right, all right, I forget her name, the uh, crazy attorney going after her, put her arm around her, all this, you know, this poor woman when she should have been deported, okay? And she should have been deported when they found that out, not protected, and Meg Whitman, in my opinion, in that scenario, was the hero for standing up and saying, no, okay, I found this out, I didn't know, I found this out, this wasn't that I had, you know, you know, received uh, information that was incorrect from her. She lied, you know, I mean, and there's just a sense of right and wrong anymore that it's just gone. It's just gone in our country, you know. Nobody's ever uh, prosecuted for anything. Yeah, I agree. And just everybody listening knows we are waiting for Wild Bill to call in, so when he does, he will be on the air. So just so everybody is aware. I didn't forget. So just waiting. And, yeah, I, I, I know, did talk to him earlier, and he said he was going to call in. I sent him the numbers, so um, I'm, I'm sure he'll be on in a few minutes. That's great. And everybody in the chat room, you're all awesome. I love what you're doing. Thank you. And i got to take this second. I'm sorry. i got to i got to try to be a salesman for a second. Don't worry, I'm not asking for your money. i got to say, though, if you like this show and you want to hear more, we are going to have a lot more shows and a lot of different issues and just everything and anything. Please, 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 if you're logged in right now to blogtalkradio.com slash VOPUSA, mark us as a favorite, follow us on there. I mean, that that's the best way to stay constantly and consistently up to date on what we're going to be doing. And if I'm going to put out updates, very quickly, so I just want to ask you all to please, Marcus, with favorite, follow us on Blog Talk Radio. Of course, we have the Voice to the People USA radio fan page on Liberal Controlled Facebook, which I despise, <laughs> but necessary evil when they're not kicking us off. And, you know, please, just take a second, click a like button, get involved, because it's all about all of you. So, again, i got to thank you all for actually tuning in today and you know, sticking with us and everything else. It, it blows me away, and I am most sincere. So, thank you. Okay. Okay, well, if you're going to do your plug, I'm going to take this opportunity to do mine. Um, well, I want to talk about the 4th of July, please. Um, yes, yes, it's actually, yeah, this is um, how I uh, met Dan. We were both working on the same projects and, and didn't realize it. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, 4th of July, which arisen, originally started as the um, uh, protesting the One Million Muslim March in Washington, D.C. Um, the Muslims have now changed their mind. They've decided that they are going to postpone their event to a more uh. historic uh, 2012 near an election year, uh, but their original intent was to protest on our Freedom Day, um, on our Independence Day, the day that we celebrate our freedoms. They wanted to protest in Washington, D.C. to heal from 9-11 and how hurt and wounded they are from 9-11. So you can imagine how outraged we all are about that, and uh, I'm sure you are as well. Um, so we wanted to do something about this, which was uh, to do counter protests, and so we've been working, um, you know, behind the scenes on organizing that. And the direction that we are going to be going now is focusing on uh, 
50 individual state protests on the 4th of July. Um, I am here in California. I am working um, also with Jared Winter on the, uh, uh, our event's going to be in Sacramento. And we have um, uh, just put up a, 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 a weblog for that, <clears throat> for Preserve July 4th. And we're going to defend our freedoms on that day. We're going to be talking about, a lot about Islam and what their intentions are towards the United States of America and what we all need to do right now to, to you know, keep America the way that it is and not uh, make any more concessions you know, to Islam and talk about just you know, how outrageous this is, what they want to do, their intentions are towards the 9-11 families. Um, and I want to talk about that also. But what we need help. Okay, we need people in every state that are willing to step up and say that they will organize a protest in their state. I have um, Facebook pages for each state. We will help you. We will support you. It does not have to be hard. This is not going to be a huge undertaking. We're going to have things, you know, that are uh, very organized where you can just, um, you know, pick a spot and rally some people together organizing, you know, social networking as much as we all despise what Facebook does to us as conservatives is a great avenue for getting getting the word out. And just have, you know, a simple, peaceful educational protest, you know, on that day. Um, we have there's a lot of people that are working on this right now that are involved. There's even, you know, a whole, you know, motorcycle ride that I just sent out has been organized, you know, um, in conjunction with July fourth to, to to stand up and speak out about this. So I hope that um, some of you listeners will be inspired to do this with us and, um, you, know, you know, be a leader in your state or just, you know, be a supporter, be an attender. Um, it's, it's something that is just so important that we preserve July 4th for what it is. And the insult that whether they've postponed their protest or not, um, I really don't care the fact that they wanted to come out on our day and, you know, to understand Islam is, is very symbolic in what they do. This was very intentional. And while they may have the right to do this, you know, as Dan was saying before, we have the right to protest and say wrong is wrong. And to say they have the audacity to come out and say that they want to heal from 9-11. It makes me just sick to the core that they want to heal from 9-11 on our Freedom Day. I, I, there's just no words for the outrage that I have for that. And, and I want them to know that, and I have no problem saying that. This Islam is an, it's an evil, and it is not a religion. And that's something that we're really hoping to educate, um, you know, Americans on that. So that, that, you know, I know I talked about this a little bit earlier, but to understand that it's just not any religion that you can compare, you know, to you know, Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, nothing. You cannot put it in the same category. And the reason is because they are hurtful and they are spiteful and they are resentful to us. They don't want to assimilate with us. If they wanted any of that, they would have just had a rally in D.C. for our Americans. You know, but they didn't. They intentionally, specifically went on our day to say that they were going to protest and isolate them you know, in a group purposely to infuriate Americans. And, it, you know, it, it did. It worked. Um, you know, and like I said, if that wasn't enough, but to actually say that they, they want to do post-9-11 healing um, makes no sense, first of all, and it's just flat-out wrong. I work a lot with uh, uh, on things with 9-11, um, working against the Ground Zero Mosque, but, 
you know, the Ground Zero Mosque in itself is just uh, it's a symptom of a bigger problem. It's wrong, and I'll, I'll fight all day, uh, you know, against that. That will never happen. Um, but it's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is why they want to do it. You know, these these 9/11 families have been through so much that I don't I don't know how much you know everyone knows, um, but I know that I didn't. I I would you would expect that 10 years later we would have a memorial, we would have you know a, a place where where they could come and and pray. There wouldn't be all these fighting going on. The 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 9/11 families have been through what I call an emotional jihad from everyone, but mainly from Islam. They, his families have been tortured through the terror trials and then, you know, now this. So we, we are going to support them um, on the 4th of July, and we're, we're going to show our support as Americans, and, and we're going to um, make this a real, you know, day of patriotism and education. You know, it's not our intent to be hateful, but it is our intent to stand up and say no. So um, we have uh, a lot of different pages on Facebook for this. Um, Dan's group, the protests, the anti-American One Million Muslim March group, you can pretty much find everything, I think, through America Rising. And then we have our original um, page that, that Jared and I started, which has an insanely long name, but it's the um, uh, American Patriots Oppose the One Million Muslim March in D.C. on the 4th of July. And so you can get information through there as well. And I'll have all um, links up uh, if you'd like to come and, and join us with that. Awesome. Well done. See, you Lots. did it good. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm very passionate about that, if you can't tell. It is, it is my um, – it's the way you feel about immigration. This is the way that I feel about this. This is, this is the thing that I'm the most passionate about. And while everything's it's important, so good, this is man. my number one. It all it all plays to national security. It all plays to our country being invaded by filth and by scum that wishes us nothing but the worst. And you know what? It all plays hand in hand. It's very important. Mike, you still there, still buddy? Okay. <laughs> I want to hear from you now. You've been you've been too silent for too long. So again, we're still waiting a while, Bill. We are still you know waiting. I'm gonna I'm gonna step out for a second and I'm gonna give him a call. Okay. Outstanding. I I that would be awesome. Thank you. Okay. Mike, go ahead, buddy. All right. Well, you know, it's it's always good to know that, you know, even though people, we might not have the number one priority in, in common, but at least our priorities are similar and we can both work, you know, we can all work on them, which is, you know, what I wish we could see a lot more of in this country. And it, I think it would just make things so much better for everyone involved. I, I'll, just, I'll just go back to what I was saying before about how, uh, you know, how we all know how things should be. You know, I mean, you don't need to be a lawyer. You don't need to be a doctor. You don't need to be a career-long politician to look at the way our country is going and say, hey, look, you know, we don't need this. This should not be here. Um, we shouldn't be doing this. Why are we doing this? I mean, the average person can plainly see what we need to be doing as a country, and yet these things are not getting done. And I cannot stress enough, folks, again, it's because the people in power, these politicians, they have no regard for what me, you, Dan, anybody wants. What they want, they have their own agenda, they have their own idea of what their lives should be like, and we don't fit in there. So what we're getting is their vision of how the world should be, not our vision. And uh, it's almost like saying that, uh, in a way, America has been usurped as far as you know the flow of power, because power is supposed to come from the people. These people think that the power comes from them, 
and whatever they give to us, we should be grateful for. And that's a completely wrong way of thinking. So I hope anybody out there that's listening, you know, when you think about who you're voting for, vote with, you know, vote with that in mind. Is this has this person supported policies that any Joe off the block knows is right? Are they doing these stupid things that are making life miserable for you, your neighbors, person down the road? If they are, then they don't have your interests at heart, folks, and do not vote for them. One of the terms I hate hearing people say is I'm voting for the lesser of two evils. Never, ever, ever vote for the lesser of two evils because if you're voting for any form of evil, don't vote for it, period. I mean, even you know, even if you're going to vote for a candidate who, you know, oh, he's not going to get in office, so why should I vote for him? If it's an independent candidate, I would throw your vote there. At least let that person know, well, he's probably only going to get a handful of votes, but put your vote there. Let that person know that at least somebody respects the fact that someone out there is trying to do something other than what a Democrat or Republican, or as I call them, Republicrats, because they're the same party, you know, whatever they're out there trying to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some exceptions in both parties as far as candidates seeking office, but they are few and far between. What we really need is a massive shift in the voting base of of our political system. I mean, we, we can't have people just defining themselves as a Republican or a Democrat. We really need more support for these third parties that are out there because right now with the Republicans and the Democrats, you have the same thing. And if, if we don't get out of that mindset, then we're lost. We're going to have the same thing year after year, and, you know, we can cry as much as we want about it, but if we keep voting for the same stuff, we're not going to get anything different. I mean, you've you got to keep that in mind. It's, I mean, it's, it's important now. It's important come 2012 when we're about to vote for it. I mean, and it's not just these national things. Look at your local ones, too. And you got to be very cognizant. A person with a vote has a lot of responsibility. It might not seem like much, but your vote does matter. Now, granted, there's been a lot of vote fixing, too, but that's, that's a story in its own right. But, you know, it, it starts at home. Keep, keep in mind what's going on in your local municipality. Vote what's, you know, how you feel you should vote. Support the candidates who most represent how you think they, the, the world should be, I, regardless if it's a Republican, Democrat, Independent, person who's not aligned totally. Just, you know, go that way. Don't, don't vote for someone just because they're Republican. Don't vote for them because they're a Democrat because you're not going to get much out of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sad that things have gotten this far out of whack, that we don't even see the under, we don't even see the COA to get out of the hole we're in. And the fact is it all starts with the voting. It all starts with learning more about your county, actually taking the time to get involved. Our founding fathers wanted us to be involved with our government. That's actually why the Constitution was so simple, so that even a normal person could understand it. It's a shame that it's been so perverted over the years that, you have to be a lawyer with 30 billion degrees to understand all the slight variations they have now. But it was meant for people like you and me to be able to read, interpret, and base law off of it. And uh, that, that's really what we need to get back to. I mean, something that we all can understand, we all can appreciate, and uh, we can all do something about. And, it, you know, everyone seems to think you don't have that power anymore. You still do. We still have the right to vote. God knows that might change at some point. It would scare the hell out of me if it does, but for right now, we do. Use it. Use it intelligently. Put some responsibility on yourself to learn more about people, or if you don't feel there's a person out there that's capable of representing what you do, put your name out there. You know, a lot of people say, I might not be qualified to do this. If you think that way, you probably are qualified to do it, and uh, the, the fact is, is that you don't have to know how everything works 
in order to try and make a difference. If you're trying to make a difference, you're doing a hell of a lot more than what most people in office are doing right now. So never sell yourself short on that either. I'm good now. <laughs> Dan, I'm going to throw it back well, to you. You're right, you know, and I, I guess we won't use this opportunity since we are hoping for the call in, obviously, and I don't want to, you know, take the time and going into debating the Electoral College. But, you know, for the people listening, this is Dan talking, of course. I am not a fan of the Electoral College, personally. I understand the constitutionality and the history behind it, but I don't know. I still think individual votes should matter a little bit, but regardless... That's another show, another time. I'll get into that down the road. But, um, you know, there's there's just so much that I could say and so much I could just go off on, and two hours isn't long enough. And people, quite frankly, most likely get tired of me yelling at them the whole time. I don't mean to yell. I don't. I'm just passionate. You know, I really just, uh, I don't know. I... I say how I feel. Mike says how he feels. Melanie says how she feels. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, this is what we do. This is why we do it. This is why we have rallies, whether it's popular or not. It's what needs to be done. And I think that okay. it needs to be more of an uh, more of an urgency. Is is something going wrong? <laughs> Mike, you still there? Hello. Um, okay. Well, I don't know if anybody's still with me. Um, I'm here. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know what happened to Mike. All right, Mike. I don't know where you went, but call back in. Oh, he got cut off. Okay. Uh, to the chat room, um, I agree with your point about the Electoral College as well, but I, you know, it's, I have different beliefs. I'll explain them to you. If you all tune back in for one of the upcoming shows, I'll get into that. Again, just my thought. Anyway, what I was saying is simply put that there needs to be a resurgence and a showing to the idiots in office that the people are willing and ready to take back their country, to start taking things back to the core, taking things back to what this country is, about freedom, about, you know, a true belief in the republic and the people start taking a stand for something. And I am an activist. I am, I guess, a conservative community organizer. I like using that only because it's, you know, it's funny. But um, maybe only to me. But regardless, I think that there's power in people. There's a power in a show of force of the American people standing united for whatever reason it may be because you love your country, because you care about something, because you're willing to take a stand. I believe in the power of grassroots activism more than I believe in any email campaign, in any um, protest website, in any whatever it is. They all serve a purpose. I understand that I'm realistic towards that. But we have to keep it personal. We have to keep it human. We have to be able to connect one-on-one, take a stand everywhere, anywhere, all the time, every time, whatever, because we have a message to deliver, and that message is we love our country and we want our country back. We want to be free 
again. Some would say free for the very first time. We want something more, and we're willing to fight for it. We're willing to stand up for it. We're willing to demand and call for better. There's nothing wrong with that. That, that is my belief. I'm sure many of you out there share the same feelings. Maybe not. Maybe you do. I don't know. But regardless, we all have something to say. It's about time to say it, and it's about time to act on it, rather than just letting things go, letting things just happen as it will. We have to take a stand, and we have to take a stand once again. I'm not talking about the tea parties or anything like that. I'm talking about something that is similar, yet different, something that's more impactful, peaceful, but just more personal connection, more celebrating our freedoms and the greatness of this country and condemning and saying what needs to be said about those who are persecuting us, about those who are screwing us, about those who are simply selling us down the river. That's why when you put something out there like call to arms, people respond. I've had some people say that that seems a little radical and what the hell is wrong with you? Screw you! That's your belief. I respect your opinion, but screw you! I don't do it for you. You know? I don't do it for you. The critics. I do it because of everybody else out there that actually cares enough, that actually wants to stand up for something, that actually wants to enforce and enact change. I hate that word, but real change that's why I do it, because I love my country. That's why I take a stand. That's why all of you are listening. That's why all of you attend rallies, hold rallies, whatever you do. Because you, you, you're here because of something greater. You're here because of a love of country. What's so wrong with that? To the critics, they're always going to be critics. I respect their right to be pompous, jackass morons that will always and forever, no matter what you do, condemn you. Let them stay on the net. Let them go around continuing to post their little hateful comments. The rest of us, we should be busy fighting for this country, fighting for what we love, and fighting to reobtain what we have sadly lost. That's what I am. Melanie, you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. Any any uh, word on on Bill? No, I I uh, called him and his phone went straight to voicemail. So I'm going to safely say he had some sort of problem because this isn't uh, like him at all to to not call in. Um, And he didn't respond to my message right before uh, I called in. So uh, hopefully we can have him on um, your next show. That's a possibility. Ah. (laughs) Well, sometimes that happens, as you, well, you kind of know. Me and Mike are accustomed to See, a lot of times when we have guests, that's why I'm so happy you actually came on. But when we have guest schedules, sometimes things don't always go appropriately. So things happen, I understand. If yeah, I, don't, I, I know it's very uh, unlike him. So I know that, I mean, I had just talked to him about this this morning, so I don't I don't know. His phone's just, it's not even ringing, so. Um. Well, if he's unable to make it to this show, that's fine. I apologize to everybody else. I, you know. That was not intentional. That's not just to get people to come on. I promise you that. We don't we don't play that game. But I want to do the next show 
Mike, I'm going to run with it for right now, tentative, tentatively scheduled, because it just seems right. Next Thursday, next Thursday, shoot for 8 o'clock at night, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. And if Bill can make it for that, we'll have him on for the whole two hours. Because I really want, I want to put him out there as well. I want to, I want to hear his voice on this show, you know, just because he's awesome. And he's saying all the right things, and that would be fine with me as long as that's good for you. And, and I've got to take a second, because I've seen this in the chat room a few times, and again, I am paying attention. Infidels United, I love that site. I just got to give props to that. I don't even know who runs it, but I love that website. So, kudos to everybody that's out there spreading the word of Infidels United. Thank you. Okay. Just so, just so there's, there's no forgetting here. As far as the D.C. March goes on July 4th, I'll be putting an update up shortly. Right now, as a theme, they are not having the One Million Muslim March in D.C. this year. They're going to wait until next year. As Melanie said before, she actually told me, and then it was obviously confirmed by their own little pathetic website. So, I've been trying and fighting with people in D.C. that, of course, you know, to stand on a patch of grass, we want $10,000. You know, pay for your rights, pay for your freedoms. As always, pay, 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 pay. That's what they do. That's what they're about. So we've been having a little back and forth disagreements with the permit. So that's kind of where we're at. I have an update on that probably the next 48 hours. But right now, if they're not going to have the 1 million Muslim march in D.C., then when they do, we will be there united and together. I'm still going to work toward getting permits if we can still pull it off, and we'll still have one of the rallies, like Melody mentioned, across the country. We will definitely make sure we have one in D.C. So that is the goal. That's where we're at right now. Next part of the question that was posted on the chat room by Miss Connie Williams. Keep saying Miss. Misses. Sorry, I've got to be correct here. Is the rallies against illegal immigration. Now, for people who have listened to the show before, I've been speaking about the America Rising campaign. America Rising was born last summer after we held the Phoenix Rising event along with Dan Digamato, Bruce Miller, Brandy Barron, George Sprankle, Valley Roller, Riders USA, and so many great people all across Arizona and all across the country. And, of course, Mike Jacobson. Sorry, buddy. I, I <laughs> sorry to say that. And... That event was, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of it, actually. That event was truly an amazing, amazing accomplishment. I've seen so many great people deal with 112-degree heat and actually stay out there for over three hours, and it was amazing. So decided after that that America Rising, a new wave of rallies, a new wave of events, not only target illegal immigration, to target everything to target everything that I said earlier in this show and is reiterated throughout the show, to finally, finally highlight and spotlight all the issues with leaving any out, without saying that it's not politically correct to talk about illegal immigration at this rally, because this is an Obamacare rally, or this is um, a taxation rally, or whatever the case is. Excuse me. I'm one of those people that thinks we should put everything out there, every single issue. Like I spoke to before, 
we must put everything, all our cards, on the table, bottom line. That's what America Rising is. America Rising isn't about secular issues. It isn't just one theme or whatever you want to call it. It is about taking your money to be a member, to attend our little event with high-priced speakers or anything else. No, it's about core grassroots activism, celebrating the greatness of this country as well as all the issues that face her. That is what America Rising is to me. So, what we're doing is, decided just recently because of everybody out there, everybody listening, the reaction we got when I put the call to arms as, really, it was something more than a title of the show. That's, and it's obviously my belief, the urgency that we need to call the arms, we need to take to the streets, we need to take back our country now. And then everybody responded. Everybody, everybody just reached out and liked it. So the call to arms campaign is something that's going to be the lead-in and be kind of intertwined with the America Rising rally. So what I'm going to do, finally, finally, is at the next, on the next show, excuse me, at the next show, on the next show, next Thursday night, a week from this coming Thursday, that's where we're at so far, that show is going to air from 8 to 10. I will finally list dates, times, cities, locations, everything for all of our call to arms America Rising rallies throughout this country. That is my promise to you. I've had dates and places before. This is finally shaping up. It's firming up, and we're going to put it out there for real. So I'm not trying to do a tease or, you know, try to bring you back in for the next episode. This will be real. I will put it all out there. Now, we have a caller joining us. Yes, it's Bill. Hello, Bill. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, outstanding. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Hi, Bill. Everybody, everybody out there that's still that hung on, you know, I think we might have had a couple people leave when they, they thought you weren't going to make it. You're a popular man, my friend. And <laughs> for everybody that's still there, Wild Bill is on the air. Well, Hello, you. everybody. Happy to have you. Great. It's an honor to speak with you, honestly, and thank you so much for coming on. You know what? I can come out and ask you a thousand questions and everything else. I want you to just be you and speak. Say what's on your mind because your videos and everything you've said have been spot on, so do it. Well, thank you. Appreciate the chance to talk to you. Yeah, I, uh, I uh, had some things come up. I uh, wasn't able to uh, listen to the show up to now. I was just now able to get to the phone, so fill me in. What you talking about? Well, we this show we've been talking about everything from – Obviously, the radical Islam invasion and support uh-huh. of sympathizers in this country and things like that, which is something that obviously you know all too well. And we're talking about <laughs> illegal aliens. Yeah. yeah, just a little. And obviously, politics in general, the corruption of the powers that be, how neither party really cares about us, about people taking mm-hmm. back the country and taking a stand for themselves and for this nation without being puppets of any yeah. entity. So that's where we're at. And illegal immigration. I always talk about illegal immigration because I'm passionate about it, and I believe that's one of our core, core things wrong with this country. So I agree with you. Yep, yep absolutely. Uh, this is a great nation, and citizenship as an American is a privilege and an honor, and I think it should be reserved for people that deserve it. 
anybody that uh, has willingly broken our laws, in my opinion, has uh, forfeited the right to become an American citizen. But unfortunately, the uh, Democrats don't seem to see it that way. They see 12 million potential voters for them in the 2012 election if they can get these people amnesty. So this is one of my hot buttons also. As, uh, you need to remember that uh, the liberals have always been soft on crime, and with 12 million brand-new uh, citizens, the, well, the more criminals there are in America, the more votes the Democrats tend to get. So that's their plan, and I, I'm with you 100%. We need to slam the door on that quickly by exposing their plans. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Very well said. And that's, and that's I agree with that. Right I, actually, I think the number is more than 12 million at this point, but you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I think it's more like there's probably about 20 to 25, 30 million illegals here already. But you're right. Once they give them amnesty, that's 30 million votes for Democrats, and it's 30 million votes from criminals, from people that shouldn't have been here in the first place. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, though, uh, uh, the, the, uh, we need to be in touch with the sheriff's departments down along the border. These are the guys that know what's going on, and we have not heard enough of them in the news. We need to use the Internet to get the information that these people have for us. Uh, these are the guys that are on the front line, and they're the ones that are, are, are not getting the story out. So uh, I would strongly encourage people to be in touch with them and uh, assist these sheriff's departments any way they can because those are, those are the people that I would trust to tell us the truth about the matter. And I understand some of the sheriffs are rising up down there and taking a stand against the feds. Now, those are the sheriffs Amen. that we need to support. What do you guys say to that? I agree uh, with you. Well, they, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, pretty much going with, with the feds is the wrong way to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was a fed for a while. I, uh, I graduated from the U.S. Marshals Academy, and I, I wore the star for a while, and I still have a lot of confidence in a lot of the feds, but unfortunately the political correctness has poisoned the federal law system, enforcement system much more than it has local law enforcement. So I, uh, I uh, still have pretty good confidence in our sheriff's departments, and I would encourage patriotic Americans to, to stand up now before things get really bad, and work on maybe building some uh, alliances with local law enforcement, because when things do get bad, those are the guys you're going to want on your side. You know, they're not going to be the ones that are going to come kick your door in. If anybody's going to ever try something like that, it would be the feds. I see the sheriff of the county as being the, the man that will stand beside patriotic Americans more than anybody else. Because, you know, law enforcement officers, they see the same things that we do. They have the same concerns, and they're the ones that have to live with the liberal policies, even more so than most people. You know, I've, I've been in the police cars, and I've been in the, in the training rooms, and I've listened to them talk. And I tell you, the things that we're saying uh, on the Internet and on shows like this is striking a chord in the hearts of a lot of police officers. And if we make them feel like they are welcome to join the group, I would... I would uh, not be at all surprised to see a lot of them come up and shake your hand and say, how can we help? And that, that's what we're going to need if things get really bad in this country. You're 100% right. And I think that the sheriff, I mean, even recently, I don't remember the name. It's a shame on me for that. But a sheriff in Florida is now actually standing up to the illegal alien invasion. He's getting condemned. And obviously we have so many across the country, but, the one I go back to, and not just because of the notoriety, just because the man has earned it, the respect of all America is Sheriff General Arpaio. 
I mean, there's somebody who we had the pleasure of meeting and working with in Phoenix, and I'll tell you, people like that give me hope for this country. That Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. There is no backup in that man, and he has a backbone of steel. And, uh, I I, yeah, I... Uh, I have great respect for him, and we're going to see more sheriffs joining in with this. There's a there's a movement on in the United States to hold the sheriff up as the ultimate law enforcement authority of his jurisdiction, and it's it's a move to basically stonewall the feds. They are no longer going to be able to come in and do things in the jurisdiction of the sheriff without clearing it with the sheriff first. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? It's about I time. think that's the way it should be. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Melanie. Go ahead. No, that's what I was going to say is it's about time. I mean, that that's how this country was started. It was not supposed to be from the top making all the decisions for, you know, the what they think is good for everybody. It needs Everything needs to start local. You know, we should be reaching out like, you know, Wild Bill said, we should be reaching out and supporting our local law enforcement and, and, and helping them to hold on to that power because who else knows best than the people that live you know, in that in that town or city or state, you know, they know uh, way better than any, you know, government official, you know, or fed that uh, thinks that they know what's best for everybody as a whole. Because you can't look at everybody, you know, as a whole. It's like trying to address a group of kids and, and teach them all the same, punish them all the same. You have to do what works, you know, for the individuals. Well That's said. well said, yeah. 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 And something else we need to remember, guys, is that uh, the left, the enemies of America, they are masters of confrontation. It has worked very well for them to intimidate uh, people, whether it's the unions or whether it's the homosexuals invading churches or whatever. And the patriots, the, you know, the conservatives, we tend to be live and let live people. We're not used to violent, vile, in-your-face confrontation, and that's something we're going to have to face sooner or later because the left is not going to go quietly. There will be confrontation in the streets, and this has concerned me for some time, so I'm working on a manuscript for a book called Confrontation 101 to help prepare Americans to stand up to these people when the day comes. That's awesome. Yeah, i gotta, I got to say this. Now, first thing first, we have 14 minutes left in the show, and... We, we said it before you got on the air, and would you be willing to join us for our next show, Phil? Certainly, yes, absolutely. Uh, outstanding, because I want to I want to give you the whole two hours, and I gotta gotta I gotta say I sound like a groupie here. I'm sorry, I'm not usually like that, but thank you for your service to this country, and thank you for doing what you're doing. And well, it's I so refreshing. That. We appreciate you. It's so refreshing if people come out and take a stand and say what needs to be said, and that's what we're lacking. That's what we're lacking is not this focus on correctness, but a focus on telling it like it is, regardless of the repercussions. That's what we need. That's what's going to begin. And Americans are hungry to hear the truth. There's a starvation in the human soul for truthfulness, and we're giving it to them, and people are responding. So I promise I will keep speaking out in these videos, and I will rely on friends like you to forward them to as many people as possible, and in the 2012 elections, we will make a difference. Uh, that's And you know what? It's an honor to do whatever we can to help and give you an opportunity to speak. And now, I this is something that we've done in our past shows. We usually take the last 10 minutes. Mike knows it well. And we just go off on a whole multitude of issues, which we don't really have structure. It's just kind of what we do. We speak <laughs> okay. to our hearts on everything. So, I, I'm kind of playing up to you a little bit, Bill, here. I'm sorry, but I want to get your – what are your thoughts on, one, 
the radical Islam incursion into this country, the persuasion and people supporting it, and what are your thoughts on Ron Paul, his statement about supporting Islam and not blaming them for terrorist acts in this country? Sorry, Mike. And also, <laughs> your thoughts on torture, rendition, waterboarding, whatever. Bill, it's all you. Go. Okay. I'll tell you what, uh, the storm clouds are gathering over the American shores. Islam is coming, and when you look at other countries that Islam has been in, people, uh, they're, they're very consistent. And Americans tend to think, you know, moderate Muslim versus radical Muslim. Well, that's not the way it works in the Muslim world. In the Muslim world, it's about numbers. When the Muslims are less than 2% of the population, they're all moderate Muslims. They're very quiet, polite people. They go about their business. They don't cause any trouble. When they get 4 to 6%, that's when they start to complain and demand, you know, that local stores stop selling uh, bacon and alcohol. And when they hit 8 to 20%, that's when you start seeing the marching in the streets, open threats, uh, churches, synagogues being uh, defaced and vandalized. And when they hit 40%, that's when assassinations start. Now, this is a pattern that you can trace to countries all over the world. We're seeing it in, in the Philippines, in Norway, in France, and they're, they're doing it in England. And we need to get away from this moderate Muslim versus uh, radical Muslim. We need to start talking about the numbers and uh, get a control on Muslim immigration. Uh, secondly, as far as, uh, as uh, which one, Ron Paul or Rand Paul? Well, uh, I have never, okay, yeah, I have never been impressed with uh, anybody who wants to cut off aid to Israel. Now, he may do it as a general statement, uh, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, Israel is a major focal point in the battle against terrorism, and right now it is a focal point of American honor. They are one of our greatest allies, and I am personally embarrassed by what uh, the President of the United States has done to Israel in the last few weeks. He is taking steps that will ensure their destruction if they were to take his advice. They want to talk about trading land for peace. Well, let's have the Arabs show us that it works. How about if they trade uh, about 20 miles of their borderland for peace, hmm. expand Israel's borders, and show us how much peace that will give? You know, the pendulum can swing both ways there as far as I'm concerned. So I, I would support uh, Israel expanding their borders to where it's easily defendable, and give them enough room to build a joint U.S.-Israel desert warfare training center. That's when you'll have peace in the Middle East. So, what was your third question awesome. there? That was going towards torture. What are your torture beliefs? Uh, <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> torture. Torture. Well, let's see. Are we talking about uh, the Japanese World War II torture, where they lit our soldiers on fire, hacked off body parts, beat them and starved them unmercifully? Or are we talking about the little Pee Wee Herman stuff like waterboarding? <laughs> All of it. Uh, uh, real quick, just so you know, I I got to say that I think we don't do enough. And when they hook up our soldiers with <laughs> car batteries, torture them, cut off their heads on Al Jazeera for the world to see, I ask you, are yeah. they following the, the mandate from the U.N. and rules of war? No. They don't give a damn about us. They want to kill us. They want to hurt us. And... We shouldn't have Navy SEALs going to jail for punching the terrorist scumbag. They should be given the damn medal. So that's I agree. I will state flat <laughs> out, waterboarding is not torture. 
The definition of torture is is causing pain and injury, and waterboarding does none of that. Uh, but it is very effective. <laughs> it got Osama bin Laden, and uh, God knows how many other terrorist attacks were thwarted because of the enhanced interrogation. I like that word. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I actually did a video on that, and I'm so fed up with our troops being handcuffed that they can't uh, effectively defend this country. I started a uh, Wild Bill waterboarding fund to buy new waterboarding equipment for Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> when we get a president that has the backbone to say, go for it, we're going to be ready. So, And I see that happening in 2012. Amen. Well, it, here, here, I want to ask you, who would you like to see actually run for president and have belief in? Out of everybody who's declared or non-declared, who would, who would you support? Would it be somebody like Alan West, Herman Cain, or, you know, Romney, or, or any people like that? There's, a, there's only one man uh, that I'm aware of who is humble enough to say that he needs more experience before he's ready for the White House, and that is Alan West. If only Mr. Obama had had the brains to say something like that, we wouldn't be in half the mess we are now. Well, he did so. say he wasn't going to run. Then, of course, he ran. But <laughs> come on. <laughs> you know, oh, Obama they all lied? do that little dance. It's the I call it the presidential mating ritual. Well, maybe <laughs> I will. I might consider it. We'll see. And then a little wine. When everybody knows they want the presidency so bad they would crawl naked through broken glass to get it, I mean, who do they think they're fooling? They're all jockeying for position, just waiting for their big moment. I mean, why don't they just come right out and say, hey, I want to be president, and I'm starting right now. <laughs> Damn straight. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just don't understand the, the pussyfooting around. You know, they Well, they speak down to us. They think that we as a people are too naive to see through their BS, but obviously, you know, <laughs> yeah. some of us are wise to it. Yeah, they're not fooling anybody. No, uh, I think it was Plato that said, uh, any man who wants to be king is not qualified. And he recommended that we take the best qualified man, a business owner, whatever, and force him under penalty of law to serve as king for a few years and then let him go back to his business. Now, that just might be Alan West. He's a soldier. If we send him a draft notice, he just might answer the call. Yeah, I know there's a a hell of a big push online, you know, for drafting West to run for president. And... Obviously, you're not going to get any non-support here. We support anybody who wants to try to get that man to do the right thing because, you know what, there's somebody we need. We need a leader. We need somebody who has served this country and served these people and fought for all of us to actually go out there and do what needs to be done, say what needs to be said. And, you know, i, I got to say, maybe maybe it's just too early, but if West runs, I'd like to see, you know, maybe our pile come involved there, you know, Secretary of Defense, and I don't know, Wild Bill, maybe press secretary for you. I'm just saying, you know. Oh, let me at those reporters. Those reporters would have to bring tasers to protect themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see our pile in there somewhere. So, you know who else would be excellent in an administration? That is Chuck Norris. He is a, he's an American hero. He's a man of integrity and intelligence. He knows what he's talking about. He writes a great column for World Net Daily, and I'm telling you, that man could have great influence on America. Yep. I, Al- I Alan agree. West and Chuck Norris, what do you think? <laughs> hey, I agree. Draft them both. Yep. <laughs> right? 
Mike, Melody, what do you got to say? Hey, I'm all for it. As I said before, I don't know enough about Alan to say one way or the other. I still stand a bit by Ron Paul just because of the fact that a lot of what he said before he had, before he anyone else, you know, even considered it, Ron Paul was talking about things like radically changing government, abolishing the IRS, getting rid of the tax system, getting more freedoms to basically the individual citizens of this country. And I do think it's a shame that a lot of people want to tear the guy apart because he was the person that said it brought this basically to the mainstream general conscience of people, and it mm-hmm. seems like a lot of people are beating this guy senseless, and a lot of what he talks about, now granted, he's not perfect on every issue, and you know, there, and Alan West might well be a better person than him for a candidate for the president, but he has done a lot to bring awareness to the basic American citizen of how much of our liberties have been taken away, and the direction that mm-hmm. we need to go in order to fix America. He does have some excellent ideas, huh? Go ahead. I, I, I love the fact that you, you stick to it, Mike. That's why I love you. You know, and he, he kind of is, you know, he is outnumbered here. You know, my, I never liked Ron Paul, not from day one, nothing. I, I don't, hey, it's just me, you know. I, it's, it's different when you see somebody on TV that you sit down and talk to him, and after an hour, I just couldn't figure out where he stood in anything. That's just me. But, Mike... Thank you for defending your convictions. That's why I like working with you, buddy. Well, Mike, let me me ask you this, because you didn't mention anything about legalizing drugs, and that's something that he's, you know, a fan of. Um, People making their own decisions on whether or not, you know, they choose, you know, to use drugs. But um, I know I sort of feel that America's not really ready you know, in the sense of um, uh, what are we going to do when we have a bunch of drug addicts and are we really going to leave them alone to fend for themselves? You know, I feel like that's going to give us a lot more people to take care of. Well, the fact is that that I I think that anybody that's going to be a drug addict is going to be one regardless of whether it's illegal or not. And one of Ron Paul's major issues is rather than spending literally billions of dollars every year fighting like an ever-increasing tide of drugs – we could be putting that money to better things. I mean, if a person's going to ruin their life for drugs, we're not going to be able to stop them. Short of having a government official in every house to watch everything we're doing, and a person pulls out a drug, say, stop that now, which is something I, for one, definitely don't want. But that's the only real way you're going to get everyone to stop doing drugs. Yeah, and his case is, really instead of blowing this money on it, what's that? Is our country really going to walk away from people that need help? That's the thing. You have to be – our country isn't in a position, you know, we're still, you know, bleeding hearts looking at, you know, how are we going to rescue everybody when they make those poor decisions to use drugs? Are we really going to walk away and leave them alone? Because we'd, we'd have to be in that mindset in order to accept legalizing drugs. Everybody would have to be in that yeah. mindset. Everybody, I personally would feel that that should be more of a local decision than I do a national one, and that's another one of the things really? that Ron Paul says that leave it to the states. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of state rights. Yes. I don't think that our federal government should be dictating what happens. Sorry, go on. Everybody, I, I'm sorry, Bill. As you can see, it's been it's been a fun two hours, but it went too quick. <laughs> we have yeah. we have that's one minute. Yeah, we, we well, I will definitely left. come back again. Awesome. Well, I'm going to give all the Info to Melanie, and you know, hopefully, you'll both join us for the next show. And Mike will be there too, whether he likes it or not. And we'll do this for a whole two hours. And I gotta thank you all for everything. You know, this is great, and everybody listening, thank you so much. 
you all make this worthwhile and you inspire and motivate all of us every single day. So God bless you all. Remember, blogtalkradio.com slash VOPUSA. Marcus is favorite. Follow us on on the BCR website, on Facebook. And, I, I mean, there's so many out there, but i got to thank you all again. Wild Bill, I, it was an honor having you on, even just for a few. And I look forward to a whole two hours of totally kicking ass and not taking any names if we don't care. <laughs> With you. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Mike, Mike, I love you. <laughs> I know, man. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Melanie, you're great. And hopefully you'll join us too. Right, 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 right? Yes, I will be there. And I okay. put all the links on the America Rising page for 4th of July. So Thank you. All right now. Okay? Every, Thanks for inviting fun. me. I had a great time. Me too. God bless everybody. And right now... We are all off the air. <laughs> okay. Like all right. And just oh, that quickly. Okay. Uh, just now, just so you all know, me and Mike learned a very hard lesson. Anything we say right now will be heard in the, the on-demand episode. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I did that once on a conference call. Yeah. 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 But um, honestly, though, you were all great. So thank you so much. Oh, you too. This was a I, lot of fun. I really, thank you, Dan. Really, Mike, it was nice meeting you. Hey, you as well. Hopefully we get to talk again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Next show, buddy. Next show. Like I said, at Next 8 o'clock show. I should be around for it, so I don't see it being an issue for me. Yeah. Well, and I'll be around for the whole two hours. So Thank you. Yep. That's going to be fun. That is going to be All right. Truly, truly we'll fun. have a ball. Looking forward to it. Okay. Thank you, sir. Hey, take care. God bless you, Melanie. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. okay. Have All right. Right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, take All care, right, guys. Bye. Have a good night. Mike? Mike, are you there? Well, everybody who listens to the On Demand episode, they all left. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. Uh, this was just a phenomenal relaunch. It was great fun. You made it all so worthwhile. And I, I got to admit, this was just, it was fantastic. So, Thank you. <laughs> I am actually happy right now. And thank you for putting up with me, and thank you for your patience and waiting for a while, Bill. And it was great that we actually did, we did, we did, we did get to have him on. So, you know, it's, it's great, and the next show is going to be on for two hours. So it's going to be awesome. So everybody, I, I'm actually addressing the chat room as I just kind of ramble on here. Um. Next show, like I said, Wild Bill will be on for the full full two hours, and we will definitely unleash the list of where America Rising and our call to arms campaign is going. We're going to put out there all the dates, cities, and uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. So I ask you all to please, please tune in. Like I said, Marcus is a favorite on blogtalkradio.com slash VOPUSA, and you know, follow us on there, follow us on Facebook, put in a little search box, Voice of the People USA Radio, and, you know, like the, the fan page, stay up to date, email me, Voice of the People USA at gmail.com, and whatever. I mean, I want to hear from you. This is why we do what we do. It's all because of all of you. So thank you again for your time, your patience, your understanding, your willingness to be involved and engaged. You're all the greatest. 
I mean what I say sincerely that, you know, you, you make this worthwhile every single day. So from one regular person here in Pennsylvania who has dedicated his life to grassroots activism and trying to do right by others and trying to do right most importantly for this country, I got to say, you, you inspire me with every second of every day. God bless you all. Thank you. And I'm actually going to hang up on this now and, and finally end it. So you take care. How much is $20 million? How about $10 million or even $1 million? If you're like me, that's F-U-N money, as in fun money. It's take 10 trips around the world in a private jet money. It's tell your boss he has bad breath money or home theater that's better than the real theater money. Ohio Lottery jackpot games like Mega Millions, Powerball, and Classic Lotto all give you a chance at real fun money. So play an Ohio Lottery jackpot game today. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. If we want to list every way Spreaker can help podcast publishers, well, we need a podcast of our own. Whether you're in charge of long-running series with extensive backlogs or countless limited series, you can organize and monetize your entire catalog with Spreaker. With Spreaker's customizable publisher plan, you can add collaborators, analyze extensive listener analytics, and even share exclusive content through custom RSS feeds. And that's just for starters. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com.